0: to a wonderful new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a wonderful guest rejoining us today. We have the playwright and producer Jackson Tucker-Meyer joining us to speak with us about their new work, The Perfection of the Donut. It's playing February 2nd through the 11th, weekends only, at The Tank, You can get your tickets and more information by visiting thetanknyc.org. You may remember our guests when we spoke with them last year about their work with the Action Action Play Now Network. And that's wonderful, wonderful work that they continue to do. A wonderful organization you should definitely continue to support. But we are excited to bring them on today and talk about this new piece that they have. So let's go ahead and do that jackson welcome back to whisper in the wings from stage whisper
1: oh my gosh thank you so much andrew it's so so lovely to be back on here i've been really looking forward to this for a while this is going to be a good time
0: oh the pleasure is all mine i was so elated when i got your email and i was like you don't even have to tell me what your show's about like absolutely come read phone books on my show like "Ah." it was so much fun speaking with you last time about the incredible work you do at the action. Play Now Network. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Action (laughs) play. Yeah, yeah. The the Now Network makes it sound more official, but yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's action play.
0: (laughs) So amazing learning more about that. And you're still working with them, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. In addition to that, you have this great new work that you've written called The Perfection of the Donut. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about this new work?
1: Yeah, totally. So, The Perfection of the Donut is a play that's about this kind of chosen family of three very strange and eccentric dandies, just these very fanciful people who sort of act like they're from Victorian times, even though they live in the backroom of a donut shop it's called the Golden Donut. And they're currently facing eviction by the mean manager of the Golden Donut. The dandies' names are the Honorable Countess Elysia saint Lucius Absinthesis, and tristesse Dufop, and the, the manager's name is Mr. Burp, and they forge an unlikely friendship with Mr. Burp's angsty son, whose name is Dude, and together they sort of rebel against society with poetry and interior decoration.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, this sounds so absurd, and I love it. I don't think I've ever heard the word, like, used to describe someone, a dandy on the show before, like I am over the moon about this. We need to bring that back. More people need to be described as dandies. That that needs to be a thing in twenty twenty.
1: Totally, yeah, twenty first century dandies. It's, it's going to spark a whole movement. It'll be great.
0: <laughs> this needs to be a thing. But I that story just sounds absurd, insane, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I have to know, where did you come up with the idea for this piece?
1: Yeah, totally. So I came up with the initial idea started kicking around in my head in 2019. That summer was the year of the camp exhibit that they had at the Metropolitan Museum. And I got a chance to check that out. And it was very focused like on that dandy subculture back in the 19th century. And the work of Oscar Wilde, especially, like making sort of like superficial appearance into an art form in and of itself and being fashionable into an art form. And from there, I started getting more into like the picture of Dorian Gray, of course, but also some of his essays, like The Decay of Lying, which is this very funny sort of dramatic like argument against realism in favor of artifice in the arts. It's very, very interesting reading. And also another essay he wrote called The Soul of Man Under Social he was very conscious actually of his his privilege that he'd been essentially born into and how he'd been able to lead what was in many respects kind of a charmed life because of this and he really wanted to figure out a way to like share like his lovely like way of experiencing life as an art form with as many folks as possible so all of that was sort of kicking around in my brain but a specific location that really started the gears turning was this one dunkin donuts on the upper west side it's specifically on like 83rd and amsterdam and you yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah you you can't miss it for those listening because it's like all gold on the sign outside it's not like the orange and pink it's just gold and then you get inside and it's so weird because it's like the best Dunkin' Donuts ever. It's like, they've got all sorts of like wild menu items. Like they've got like a tuna melt and like all the ingredients, like taste really, really fresh. Like even the donuts and there's like really cool syrups that nobody else has. And it was just so weird. Like I used to go in there all the time when I had a job down there. And I was just thinking like, Why is just this one Dunkin' Donuts so awesome? Like this one place in this like notoriously wealthy part of town. Like, why can't we all have the good Dunkin'? Like, why is it only... (laughs) So like combining dandies with Dunkin' sort of ended up kickstarting the idea of what would become the perfection of the donut.
0: That's amazing! What an incredible inspiration. So you mentioned that this kind of started in 2019. You started kicking this around in 2019. Well, lo and behold, here we are in 2024. And we're about two weeks away from the show, you know, opening to the public. What has it been like developing this piece, putting it together, getting it on its feet and all of that?
1: Oh. It wrote the first draft of it in sort of like the pandemic winter, essentially winter, 2020, 2021. And then around 2022, I was talking with, my friend and colleague, Kate Trammell, who's a director. She's directed the action play shows that we worked together on, which I talked to you about last year. Uh, action play is this really cool theater nonprofit. I'm director of programs. Every year we make an original musical with a bunch of autistic teens. And it's really, really delightful. We did a show last year called OMG, It's Magic School. And so Kate and I were talking about like maybe working on a project outside of action play. And I was like, well, I've got like this one play that that I wrote recently, like, let me send it to you and see what happens. And she really liked it. And we decided to put together a little staged reading of it in 2022. And we reached out to a bunch of friends of ours, essentially, to be in the cast. It's a really cool cast. Their names are Camber Carpenter, Mario Sanchez, Molly Bix, Dante Jace, and Dan Smith-Temple. And it was really important for me to get a bunch of friends together for this initial reading because it was the first time putting on a play of my own since the pandemic and i knew that jumping back into that world i really wanted to be surrounded by people who i trusted and so that thankfully like worked out very well and we've thankfully been able to get the exact same cast together for this performance that we're going to be doing at the tag we reached out to them like a year later in 2023 and they were all just like yes absolutely just say when and where and i'll be there and i'm so so very grateful for that because the-, the play's about friendship at the end of the day and it'd be kind of weird to make it with folks like weren't like friendly on some level <laughs>
0: Very true. Very true. And I, uh, we've said this before on our show, you can really tell the difference between a cast that has that really deep friendship, both on and off the stage versus they're like, this is just a job I'm here to work. There's just something, there's an extra level to it, an extra level of subtext, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is the world premiere at the tank, but have there been any other workshops or readings of the piece at all leading up to this, or is this the one and big only one?
1: The the reading that we did was at Jack in Brooklyn. Clint. That was back in 2022. That that was really cool. Like we crowdfunded that through a Fractured Atlas, really cool organization for artists at any level of their career. And we ended up selling out the whole theater in Jack for like this one night rental. The audience was like already cracking up, even though it was very bare bones. They just had scripts in hand and they were walking around this really cool, funky Brooklyn space. And it was really, really exciting to like actually see these characters kind of come to life for the first time. It was a very long draft. I think it was like two hours and change and we've managed to like it down like quite a bit like since then. So it's a little more of like a a compact evening of theater. But yeah, that that was a blast performing at Jack. But yeah, self-production. It was a wild, wild time. This year for the full production, we've been very, very fortunate to actually get a couple of grants for the production one from Arts for Autism which is a really really lovely organization giving grants directly to uh, autistic artists and organizations benefiting autistic folks directly they gave a grant and then also the New York State Council on the Arts gave us a grant as well so with both of those combined our bills for this production are totally paid so we didn't have to worry about like getting the word out and like contacting everybody to ask them for donations and we could just focus on making this show as awesome and fabulous as it can possibly be that
0: is wonderful to hear now we've had a lot of fun so far talking about just the silliness of the show if you will and the inspiration behind it but I'm just curious to know what is the message or thought that you're hoping audiences take away from your work
1: yeah yeah it's funny I feel like everything that I write is about outsiders on some level. They're always the subject and always the protagonist of my work. I mean, I'm an autistic playwright. I'm a genderqueer playwright. So I definitely identify with anyone who's kind of on the outskirts of society. And that definitely applies to these dandies. They're kind of out of step with Fashion, they're out of step with time in general, and they just like live their lives very unapologetically in that way. And I think my one big impulse when I was like just beginning work on this and just writing these dandies voices for the first time was I really just wanted to get the audience to a place where they just accept these dandies and they don't really question their reality. They don't like wonder why they talk in this fanciful way that they do. They don't wonder like why they're living in the back room of a donut shop. I mean, so much of my work is just making weird juxtapositions like clashing two very opposing ideas together like dandies and donuts and figuring out a way to make it make sense essentially. Because I really feel that if you're in an audience and you can accept unusual people and strange situations in a work of theater, it can maybe, you know, kind of open your mind up to accepting folks who are maybe coming from a very different walk of life than yourself. But that's all, that's all subliminal at the end of the day. You know, I I want people to just like have a rollicking good time at the theater. And then maybe afterwards uh, they, they start thinking about it and all that good stuff, you know?
0: I love that, (laughs) loving that. Well, we now are at the final question of the first part of the interview. And of course Mm -hmm. that is, who do you hope have access to the perfection of the donut?
1: Yeah, yeah. So one really cool thing about performing at The Tank is that we have the option to live stream the show. So not only can anybody in New York City and the tri-state area come on down to The Tank and check it out in person, But anybody, anywhere, regardless of whether they're able to make it to the theater in person, can see this show online. It's also very cool because that helps to make this theater space a lot more accessible for folks who maybe have a hard time, like, getting out of their house to see theater or have access needs that prevent that. And so I'm definitely, I want, like, anybody who identifies with these sort of, like, outsider dandies to be able to check out the show But I'm also always very, very passionate about making sure that the disabled community gets the opportunity to have access to really cool, funky, weird theater. And so the tank has also been very cool in establishing a half price discount for any patron who identifies as disabled or neurodivergent or autistic. Or what have you? I believe the uh the code is just discount in all caps. Very simple. That's also listed directly on the tanks webpage itself when you're getting the tickets. So yeah, definitely want like the autistic and disabled homies to like come through and check out the show. The the dandies are for everybody at the end of the day.
0: the second part of our interview we love letting our listeners get to know our guests a little bit better and as I mentioned we've had you on our show before we have had so much fun getting to know you but I want to dive a little bit more into it and Jackson I want to start by asking you how did you come into the performing arts
1: yeah, totally. So as far as theater in general goes, I was doing acting from elementary school, basically. I had great community theater in my hometown, Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I was able to just act all the way through elementary school, up through college and university. But I didn't really get into playwriting until I ended up getting my master's in theater at Sarah Lawrence. The master's program there was built around just making stuff and creating stuff at all times on very short notice. You had to just study everything and be a jack of all trades. You had to make an original like performance art piece with your friends in the program every month and then critique yourself and your friends about it like the week afterwards. So it was just like wild, like constant, constant making of stuff. But I had a playwriting teacher very early on, a really fabulous writer named Cassandra Medley. We clicked very early on because we're both from Michigan. She's from Detroit. And the first day that I was in her class, she asked us to all write three plays in one week for the next time we saw her. And they had to do with running jumping and skipping and so i went off and i just you know you you didn't have time to like think about what you were going to make practically you didn't have time to contemplate like how will i word this next great sentence of my masterpiece you know you just had to like do it and get it done and so i ended up writing some play about like these like like skater punk kids who are like running away from some horrible event that was never fully explained it was like like Beckett meets Green Day almost and then there was another play about like some guy running through this weird like laser tag maze that was all done like silently no dialogue and then there was another about like some performing arts family kind of like the Partridge family but had like weird culty undertones to it and that just kind of ended up I just found my voice kind of in that very first session. And it was funny, like it was a very, you know, she really encouraged you to dig deep. And it was a very like soul searching, emotional atmosphere in the class all the time. And I was like scouring my soul too. But whenever I scoured my soul, it ended up, still having kind of a goofy vibe and i would feel like very self-conscious about it because like i'd be like oh my gosh like i just wrote this like ridiculous thing and my friend over here just like totally like spilled her guts in this piece just now like i can't like go after those. i'd be kind of like rude or disrespectful or whatever and so i'd get very self-conscious and i wouldn't like read my work out until like the very end of class when i had to do it by default but then you know it, it turned out that that was actually, like, a really beneficial thing because it helped folks, like, go out, like, on a, a joyful kind of note. And it, it helped people, like, take off the heaviness of what they were just experiencing and you know go out into the world from there so it, it made me understand like kind of you know what what michael r jackson talks about in a strange little like combining entertainment and art and and the value of all that so it yeah just that's kind of been my my modus operandi ever since like making stuff that's sincerely goofy like from a very deep but ridiculous place at the same time so what? thank you thank you Cassandra Medley if you're listening to this Cass you're you're the best love you
0: <laughs> That's amazing
1: Yeah yeah
0: I'm curious to know cuz it has been about a year since we spoke
1: mm-hmm.
0: Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners
1: Yeah so last month I got to see How to Dance in Ohio which at the time of this recording they just announced a few days ago that they're going to be closing as coincidence would have it. They're actually closing the same weekend that perfection of the donut is closing that show. I was just blown away by it. I mean like everybody in the autistic theater community, I think was like feeling cautious about it in in some respects, but like, you know, going in cause it's like, Oh my gosh, like what is this going to be like? Are we, is this going to be like, okay, representation, like what's going to happen? But I just, I just, Loved it. I thought it was like such a terrific, like kick butt Broadway show, like fabulous cast, terrific cast. We actually had like a couple of action play alumni in the cast, Connor Tag and Monty Russell, both who did just such fabulous performances. I mean, great cast, like really awesome music, like terrific book, like just an awesome ensemble. And I I feel like, you know, I'm feeling like sad that it's closing, of course, like I think like the community's kind of in communal grief for the show right now. Uh, We wish it could have gone on a bit longer, but I feel like I'm also taking the long view a little bit in that it's just crazy that this show even happened and that show even exists in the first place. And I'm so, so excited to see the impact that it's going to have. On future generations of autistic people who are gonna grow up with this show in the culture, in the atmosphere, as part of the canon, and just seeing how they they build on that, building momentum, so to speak, to uh, quote the show. So yeah, people should definitely like check out that show when they get a chance, Uh, and I'm sure you know it's gonna like kick butt on tour. Like that's gonna be a great, great touring show. I'll, I'll bet that's that's the next step for for sure.
0: I could not agree more with you. In fact, last so far in the 23-24 season, we have only give given two creators' picks to shows, and that was Back to the Future and How to Dance in Ohio. And I thought how to dance in Ohio has changed the game in regards to who theater is for and how we present theater. Yeah, and you're right, so it's not the it's not, it will not be the last. This was just a glass shattering, glass ceiling shattering moment. I can't wait to see where this leads
1: to. It's totally,
0: oh, oh, my heart was so full. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) heck yeah, so good.
0: I would like to ask my favorite question again to you, which is, what is another of your favorite theater memories?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, just yesterday, I was reminiscing with one of our cast members, Molly Bix, who plays Bella Tristesse Fop, about this time that I met them, because I played drums in a show that they wrote called judy doomed us all they wrote it with their theater company that they founded and they run called rat queen theater company great name and i mostly like auditioned for this show based off of the name alone and also like there was a sarah lawrence connection like molly went to sarah lawrence a bit before my time and then went on to be a whole like theater artist creator and so I auditioned for this show didn't get into the cast but then they asked me to like come back and play the drums because I like put that on my resume and it was my first time really playing drums with a band in general let alone like as a pit musician so it was wild it was this funky like punky folky rock show about nancy reagan on the campaign trail in the 80s getting stranded in kansas during hurricane season and like her campaign manager ends up falling in with like this whole like chosen family of like queer crust punk like folks and it's just this wild wild like like historical phantasmagorical like tale. It was it was a really, really good time and so much fun to play the drums. But it I just like really treasure that memory cause it was sort of like the funky underground New York that I kind of came here to experience. You know, I like, I like read, you know, and like this this book I've got on my shelf. Please Kill Me, The Oral History of Punk Rock. I read that cover to cover, like read it to tatters in high school. It was a chapter in it about like the ridiculous theatrical company, just like this wild, crazy, glitter-soaked like theater company. And I was like, wow, I wonder if that's like still going on. Like this is in like the 60s and 70s or whatever, but it's still... Like happening, it's still there if you know where to look for it, and it's it's so cool that like this podcast. I mean, not to toot your horn for you, if that's like a turn of phrase, but like you know, it's it's really it's it's such an extraordinary thing how you're like shining a spotlight on like so many different aspects of the scene here. But yeah, yeah, Rat Queen Theater Company, keep an eye out for anything they do. Like it's it's just gonna be like top notch quality and like nothing you've ever seen before. It's really. really really fun stuff
0: that is a fabulous memory and also what an incredible name for a theater company i absolutely (laughs) love that thank you so much for sharing that that was wonderful yeah are there any other projects or productions that you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you
1: yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I've got like the action play show coming up. That that's you can count on that like the season's turning. That's going to be happening May 18th through 19th and actually we're in the middle of finalizing the script right now. So after I log off of this call, I'm just going to like get right back to that. We don't have a title yet, but we know it's going to be about a haunted sleepaway camp. And the action play actors have been coming up with a whole ensemble of crazy characters like they do. And got a terrific composer working on the score named Shane Dittmar, who I actually know both from the Reverb Theater Arts Festival for disabled theater artists that roundabout theater put on like way back in 2021. And we're both in the BMI musical theater workshop together as well. And they're just a fabulous, fabulous composer. And it's like the whole action play squad just coming together to put on an awesome, inclusive, crazy theater show like we do. So yeah, that'll be happening on May 18th through 19th. Keep on the lookout for that. You can follow action play on Instagram if want to know more about that and also like beyond donut as far as personal projects go I've got two projects that I'm hoping to have out later this year I don't want to like speak too much about it just because like I know that like I don't have a very realistic sense of how long it takes to do things like this is just very true. I mean, I thought I was gonna like do donut last year and like, here we are. So, but you, you can follow me on Instagram at Jackson Tucker Meyer when I finally release those. And I'll just say, they're both gonna be online. They'll be based online. So anybody will be able to experience them for free and they're both going to be very very different from each other two different media neither of them really theater based and it's it's going to be a cool thing i, I don't want to jinx it but yeah that'll be fun but the action play show is more pressing that's that's coming up in may and that that you can depend on for sure
0: <laughs> love it And you've already kind of led into my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about the Perfection of the Donut or about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you can follow me on Instagram at Jackson Tucker Meyer. And if you want to get tickets to Perfection of the Donut, you can get them at thetanknyc.org of course you can follow the tank terrific company that puts on so much cool stuff and this is actually my first time working with them and i can personally vouch for them being excellent excellent people to work with they just make the process so easy and that's all that you can really hope for so definitely follow the tank as well they do fabulous fabulous stuff
0: wonderful well jackson Thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and share with us your new work and just fill us in on everything that's going on with you. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I love getting the opportunity to speak with you. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you, Andrew. It's just such a joy and delight talking with you. And thank you so much for all that you do. It's, it's just a blast, man, truly. Thank you so much.
0: My guest today has been the playwright and producer, the amazing playwright and producer, Jackson Tucker-Meyer, whose upcoming new show, The Perfection of the Donut, is opening February 2nd and playing through the 11th of February, weekends only, at The Tank. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting thetanknyc.org. You can also follow Jackson on Instagram at Jackson tucker Stay up to date on all their many, many upcoming projects and productions, including the new action play that's coming in May. We hope we get to cover that again as well. It's a wonderful organization and a wonderful show that you will not want to miss. But before we get to May, we have to go through February, which is when this amazing new work is playing. So get your tickets, thetanknyc.org, for the perfection of the donut, February 2nd through the 11th. So, until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off those cell phones, unwrap those candies, and keep talking about the theater
1: in a stage whisper.
0: Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod, And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit StageWhisperPod.com. Our theme song is Maniac